You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And not joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank is traveling. It is a Thursday night. Uh, And after the Cavs game, uh, Frank was not all that interested in podcasting. And I have to say, I cannot in any way blame him. Uh, that is totally uh, understandable, and I don't, I don't have any, uh, no judgment from me. I will just say that no judgment from me at all uh, from that perspective for Frank. So totally fine with me. Obviously, I ended up skipping it as well. Uh, I was working on something over at the Athletic. It was a Q&A with Marcus Johnson as the Bucks prepare to retire his jersey on Sunday. Uh, so I had a nice 20-minute conversation with Marcus and put that up over at The Athletic uh, for all of the subscribers to The Athletic. Or if you know, you're know you looking to subscribe to The Athletic at the moment, we have a 40% off discount because it's March Madness. So uh, if you want to hop in on that, that'd be totally great. But because of that, there was no podcast yesterday, and that means there was no discussion of Bucks Cavs in Cleveland. Uh, 107-102 victory for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Bucks just did not have enough on the second night of a back-to-back, and I guess th- this is where I'll tell you. Um, over the years, I think I've gotten a lot better at this. Uh, I used to. I used to come on the podcast and kind of tell people uh, in some ways how to feel like, oh, don't be stressed out about this or don't be mad about this loss. And that leads to nothing but bad things. It just leads to people being mad that they're being told how to feel and me getting frustrated because of that. Like it it just ends. I mean, it's just kind of this loop that just kind of keeps going back and forth. So um, if people want to be mad about that game, that's totally fine. Uh, It was not the prettiest thing that anyone has ever seen. And obviously I think losing to the Cavaliers is something that uh, people just aren't going to like because the Cavs are now 19 and 53 on the season, so this isn't a, a particularly good basketball team. So I, like I said, I totally get it. If you don't want to be uh, okay with that with that loss, like that's that's totally fine with me. I understand it, um, but I will say the the Cavs uh, have picked up uh, have picked up three of their last six games, including a 25 point beatdown of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, so they have gotten some wins as of late as uh, Colin Sexton has kind of turned it on. And obviously he he had a, 
a pretty decent night against the Bucks as well. 25 points, 3 assists in that one. So uh, the Cavs are playing a little bit better basketball. And then, you know, when you look at that Bucks squad, um, I, it's tough to imagine them being much more shorthanded. Uh, Giannis sits out for a second night in a row, and uh, that was the ankle injury that kept him out for two nights. So um, I, I remain curious. Uh, as uh, I've put forth my cyborg theory for him, um, I personally would believe that, you know, if it was an important game, um, you know, maybe even if LeBron would have played, he might have played against the Lakers on the first night of that back-to-back. Uh, but I, I think once he sits out the first one, I don't know if you want to play him on a bad ankle in the second one. And, you know, if you can just roll it through to the weekend, uh, then all of a sudden you give him, you know, essentially uh, almost an entire work week. You, you give him Monday off, Tuesday off, Wednesday off, Thursday off. Uh, so then on Friday, he's good to go against the Miami Heat. So you give him those four days and, and you kind of allow him uh, to get back into a flow. And, you know, as as I as I kind of predicted uh, earlier on in the in the year and you know the Bucks kind of bucked the trend that we were thinking about a little bit as they did end up playing him in some back-to-backs uh, spots where Frank and I were kind of thinking he was going to be sitting out uh, so they've kind of bucked that trend but now you know you just give them two days off and essentially or give him two games off and uh, give him off on a back-to-back both games of the back-to-back and you get four out of it so I do think that there probably is some I don't want to say some method to the madness but there is at least probably some forethought going into how many days off you can get him and you know how much rest you can get him going down the stretch as as the Bucks try to hold on to it and um you know it's uh, <laughs> i saw my my buddy matt velasquez uh tweet at someone after the game who you know had mentioned oh my gosh like how are you gonna sit here and sit out Giannis in a game that you could have won and you're gonna blow the the first overall seed and why don't you just take care of business now and then rest Giannis at the end of the season and then then everything will be fine and you know, I, I'll say the same thing that I said, uh, you know, I guess kind of when that general idea was posed originally, that if you don't think it is smart to play Giannis, if you don't think he's at 100%, that increases the odds for a greater injury. And, you know, his health is always, always more important than home court. And no matter how much, uh, you know, even even with the growing importance of home court advantage. And again, I, I've talked about this on multiple podcasts this week alone. Home court is going to be huge for this Bucks team. I, I, I will not say anything differently. I, that, is, that is how it will be. But at the exact same time, Giannis's health is the most important thing for this team. So if you think playing him at... 85%, 90% or whatever it was uh, puts him at a greater risk for injury. That is not something that you want to risk and, and not a good decision for the team. Like That's just a, a bad idea. So um, I think you know we'll probably see him back in action on Friday night against the Heat. Don't know that for sure, but I would guess that'll be the case. But you know, you give him those days off and you get him the rest that he needs. And you know, in the end, 
you're probably still going to have yourself uh, that number one spot. So the other thing I, I wanted to talk about, you know, before I actually get into the game and, you know, talk about some other stuff is uh, the Bucks magic number for the number one team in the entire league is eight. That is, they need a combination of eight Bucks wins and Toronto Raptors losses. Add them together. However many that happens to be, you add them up, and that's what happens. So uh, if the Bucks would go 8-2 and two the rest of the way and the Raptors would go undefeated, the Bucks would still be totally fine because they would have their 8. If uh, the Bucks went 6-4 and four and the Raptors went 8-2, and two, again, 6 plus 2 for the Raptors' losses, you get 8 again. Um, so obviously you can play out a, a number of those different scenarios but you know in the end the bucks are gonna have to win some games and the raptors are probably gonna have to lose a couple and even even then they, they don't have to lose a couple um and the bucks could still get in if they just take care of business and i think that was one thing that was sort of lost against the Cavs was that oh my gosh this bucks team you know it's just they're gonna blow the one seed they're gonna blow the best overall record in the league because you know they're you just put that team out there and they're not very good and it's just like well first off most teams not great on the second night of a back-to-back uh we've seen uh the bucks with Giannis on the second game of a back-to-back not have a good night uh so that is that is the thing that happens to all nba teams all nba players like no, no matter who you are the second night of a back-to-back is going to be a tough game so, you know, we've already seen that, and then you give the Bucks only nine active players, uh, and one of them being Bonzi Colson, uh, who Mike Boonholzer decided not to use. So, essentially, eight players that could play for the Bucks with Giannis out, George Hill out, uh, Sterling Brown out, Dante DiVincenzo out, Malcolm Brogdon out, Nikola Mirotic out. With all those guys out, you, you have eight guys and the Bucks didn't win. And, you know, that is, I don't want to say that that's to be expected because, uh, you know, you, they could still pull that game out, but you know, uh, back-to-backs are hard, and, and then you really hold your hands behind your back. But, you know, beyond anything more than that, the thing my brain keeps coming back to is Giannis isn't going to miss the rest of the season. That's simple enough, right? Like... If Giannis plays in that game, the Bucks win. And again, that I know that just set me up for all the people that said you should have played Giannis that night and get the win. But you know, ultimately, I think the Bucks feel that okay, we will get to our magic number of eight if Giannis plays in the games that he needs to play in the rest of the way. And we go out there and get some wins. The Raptors lose once or twice, or you know, if if absolutely necessary uh we need to go out there and win 10 in a row we'll do it i think that's how they would feel in the locker room um so i i just think that you know this bucks team is is going to handle their business and uh you know on nights like that i think it's always you know it it, it can just kind of circle out of control like oh you know without Giannis, the bucks are a lottery team and it's like well 
okay, um, like, I, I guess you can say that, but it's also without Giannis, without Sterling Brown, without Dante DiVincenzo, without George Hill, without Malcolm Brogdon, without Nikola Mirotic. Like, okay, you know, maybe that team isn't isn't very good. Um, but also, those eight players were on a back-to-back, and maybe they are a little bit better than that. So, um I, I understand the panic, and like I said, I, I don't I don't tell people how to feel. Uh, I, I tried to stop doing that a long time ago because nothing productive ever came of it. So I like I said, you know, I I won't say that because uh, it's just it's not worth it. Um, but to me, the level of panic I had after the Cavs game was um, pretty small, and I, I would think inside the organization, it's it's pretty a uh, pretty small amount of panic as well uh I, i'm i'm very confident that they know they need to be about their business for the next couple of weeks and and actually do what they need to do but i also don't really think that that they're overly nervous about it not happening so um you know i those are all things to to kind of keep in mind um looking at Cavs Bucks specifically, uh, you know, I, I think it looked very much like the second night of a back to back. It looked, it looked rough. <laughs> it looked ragged. It looked like a struggle at times, and you know the the Bucks kind of fought through that. But uh, eventually, you know, I just thought they got they got beat up by. Zizic on the offensive glass that I thought in the second half that kind of ended up being what what really hurt them Larry Nance had a big one as well uh, where he gets a tip in and you know his energy was just not something that the Bucks could match and it's pretty tough stuff but you know Middleton played 37 minutes Lopez played 37 minutes Bledsoe played 35 Connington played 34. Like, and I think those are pretty high numbers for all those guys on the season. I'm not going to say those are season high numbers, but I would guess for all four of those guys, those are top three to five in minutes played. And, you know, I just didn't think they had like the energy in the legs. Middleton, you know, I thought had a, a this very solid night, 26 points, 12 rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, 24 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals for him, 7 of 19 shooting for Bledsoe, 10 of 21 for Middleton. So, you know, not super efficient for either of those guys. Uh, and then Brooke Lopez was actually really efficient, 19 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists for him, 7 of 11 shooting, uh, 3 of 5 from the three-point line. And, you know, I think in the end, the the Bucks just didn't kind of have enough help. Uh, DJ Wilson was a minus twenty five on the night. Uh, him hitting a couple more shots probably swings that game. He was one of nine on the night uh, for six points. He had eight rebounds, five assists, three steals. So, you know, he did DJ Wilson things and contributed in other ways, but. By the end of the night, he has a minus 25, and Pat Connaughton has a minus 20. And, again, he was hitting shots, 2 of 4 from the three-point line, which is always something that's good to see. He's been uh, a little bit hotter from the three-point line as of late, which is very good for the Bucks. Um, but, you know, his 
his partner at shooting guard wasn't quite as hot. Tony Snell, 3 of 11, 2 of 6 from the three-point line, uh, 8 points. So there, there just wasn't really enough there. And then, you know, the the Bucks bench in... <laughs> Uh, on the night just didn't have enough which is shouldn't uh, shouldn't surprise anyone like there was just three guys uh you know so you can't pick out a hot hand you're probably not going to have the rotations that you want you're not going to have the legs that you want um and in the end the bucks didn't have enough uh you know to me it was like i said it was the defensive glass that kind of stood out that you know they just couldn't get the rebounds that they needed uh, and then they just didn't have quite enough buckets uh, by the end of the night and they end up losing to the Cleveland Cavaliers so uh, that to me would kind of be the game and then you know I think the the larger picture thought is uh, you know we haven't talked since Nikola Mirotic went out and to me, losing Miritich is, again, significant in a way to this Bucks team. And you know, I, I say that again because, you know, as I kind of laid out with Progden, you know, I, I think Miritich is going to be back even earlier than, than people would expect. Uh, I know he was listed out for two to four weeks and uh mike boonholzer said something to joe varden my colleague at the athletic uh that said he might be back even sooner than that um so i think there shouldn't be a ton of doubt about miritich and you know his availability for the playoffs but you know all of this all this does is just make everything harder and you know i think you can see that by them being out and other people having to step up. I think you can also see that by the higher minutes load that the guys that aren't out are carrying as well. Um, You know, you're seeing some of the highest minutes that they've played in games and you're going into the playoffs rather than uh, being the well-oiled machine that you were in uh, probably January February, um, instead of being instead of being that team, you're a team that's just trying to keep their head above water, and in doing so, you're playing weird lineups. You're asking guys to do things that, in an ideal world, they wouldn't have to do. You're you're asking more out of guys than than you'd probably like, and you know I think that makes things um, more difficult. I don't think that. You know, it ends the season, or uh, it'll it'll totally take the Bucks out of this. I, I do think that there is time for them to get, in some ways, reacquainted with each other, get reacquainted with the way that all of them want to play. Like I think all of that can still happen. Um, it is just going to be, you know, a bit of a slog. Uh, the Bucks to, to finish out this season are. There's going to be a bunch of ugly games. I'll say that. Like I just don't think this team is going to be playing their best basketball because obviously without Malcolm Brogdon, they're not going to be playing uh, as good as they can. They're not at their full. Uh, they're not going to play at their full potential. And then you know without Mirotic, the the guy that was kind of being asked to step in for Brogdon, he's going to be out. And uh, this it's it's going to be ugly. Like I, I'm I'm not going to try to really put it any other way like i do think it will be ugly but the thing i keep coming back to is 
Giannis is still going to play most of those games. And when Giannis plays, the Bucks are incredibly good. And I, I know injuries hurt their depth. I know injuries hurt uh, you know, their crunch time options, their, their different lineups that they can play. I know injuries do a lot of things, so I, I'm not trying to take away from that. But also, Giannis does a lot of things. And Giannis is incredibly good at what he does and is the best player on the planet. Like, that that is that that is what he is, and again, I don't I don't think this is uh, oh this these are going to be the MVP moments because he's going to go out there and he's going to lead this subpar team like uh, that's not what I'm saying but he does do a lot and he's going to be in most of these games and then if Middleton and Lopez and Bledsoe stay healthy, you have three more players that are all very good options at their position. And again, maybe not the best options, but they are very good options. And you should be able to, that fifth spot on your in your starting lineup and you know your bench rotations, you should be able to find enough players there uh, that can kind of get you through and, and kind of make all of this work. So my, my greater message and you know my greater thoughts about the last couple days is just you know it sucks injuries suck and this bucks team has avoided injuries for or i should say not the entire season but significant injuries for a large portion of this season and now they're getting hit with them and you know i think you there's at least some thought that it, that'd be great that it wasn't this time of the season that it wasn't when you're closing the year out it would instead be earlier in the year where you could ramp up to your best play like i i think there is probably some i think there's probably some credence to that idea and you know some belief that that would be for the best but this is the hand that the bucks are dealt and they're gonna have to deal with it for now and they're gonna have to find a way to win games and then they're gonna have to find a way to get re acquainted uh once once the playoffs start and that's going to be a tough task and i think it makes them making a deep run a little bit more difficult uh and gives them a little bit less on the margins but i still do think this is definitely what that team can or what this team can do so um yeah i I think that's that's kind of where i'm at um you know the the injury report for or well, there's obviously varying um, injury reports because they get updated as as time goes by. But Giannis, George Hill, Sterling Brown, all listed as probable for Friday's game at this moment. Um, so you know that would help. <laughs> that that would help quite a bit. Um, and you know, it would make rotations a little bit deeper. It would you know maybe take the minutes load off of a couple different guys. And oh yeah, it would give you your MVP candidate back. So all of those things would help on Friday as the Bucks take on the Miami Heat. Two games this weekend. Heat on Friday, and then the Cavaliers again on Sunday. Uh, 2.30 tip on Sunday, or maybe it's a 3.30 tip. I'm always bad at remembering which one it is. I think it's a 3.30 tip, actually. Um, so a 3.30 tip on Sunday against the Cavs. And uh, just while we're here, you know, that is going to be 
Marcus Johnson jersey retirement. That'll happen at halftime. They're going to do a ceremony then. Um, like I already said, at The Athletic, I wrote something uh, that I think most people will enjoy, and uh, hopefully it'll give you a little bit of a perspective on Marcus, but um, it is far from the only perspective uh, that is being given on Marcus at the time. A lot of people have, have done similar things, have had a chance to talk to him, and I just think this is a great opportunity that, you know, if you don't know a lot about the history of the Bucks, you don't know a lot about Marcus Johnson. Um, I Video is a little bit harder to find on him than, uh, you know, a, a lot of players, uh, or I should say a lot of great players from the past, uh, you know, a, a lot of legends. So it, it is somewhat difficult to find, but I do hope that over the weekend you take some time hopefully get a chance to watch some video of what Marcus did when he was a player. He was incredible. Uh, First team All-NBA in his second season, second team All-NBA in the years after that. And, you know, the one thing I said in my interview with him um, over at The Athletic that, you know, I always end up thinking about is with him, I feel like, People in some ways talk about like, oh man, you know, what was it like to play against Larry Bird or, or Julius Irving um, or, or whoever it may be? And you know, they it's it's phrased in a way where it's it's just like, oh man, you are so lucky to get to play against this great player. And it's not phrased in a way that was like, you gave those guys the business. What was it like to give those guys the business? Because that's what Marcus did when Larry Bird was a rookie. He was second team All NBA, or excuse me, he was first team All NBA in his second season when Larry Bird came in as a rookie. Like he was an All NBA guy. He was going head to head with them. Uh, if you go back and you look at the Sports Illustrated articles, you look at uh, some of the stuff said in Milwaukee. Uh, you look at those things, and there was there was never you know talks of uh, is Marcus. Uh, is Marcus good enough or, you know, can he find a way to, you know, play Larry Bird to even or, you know, can he stand up to to Dr. J? It, it was those guys are going to have a problem on their hands. They're going to have to deal with Marcus all the time. And, you know, I, I just think because of his neck injury late in his, seat, in, in his career, uh, all of his, you know, kind of, you know, all of his – career stats got dragged down just slightly where he didn't get to add those things and make himself a you know a surefire hall of famer and then obviously there was uh, some substance abuse issues while he was in milwaukee there was holdouts while he was in milwaukee because he didn't feel like he was getting paid enough and then uh there was going to the clippers who ended up probably not being great for him and then the injury so you know there's just a, a lot there so i do hope that you know, you'll you'll read my article. You'll read other people's articles. There's going to be a lot of people talking about Marcus, and I'm sure the ceremony that they're going to put together is going to be fantastic. Uh, so, most of the time, I would be totally okay with uh, you know not paying attention a ton of attention during halftime. I know that's typically a time I you know run from the press area down to grab a soda, go to the bathroom, bullshit, like do all that stuff. Um, I will not be doing that on Sunday, and I, I would suggest you don't do that on Sunday either. Um, you spend some time and try to learn a little bit more about Marcus because he's he was a one of a kind player, and uh, obviously I, I think 
as he's been added as a broadcaster, he has turned into a great broadcaster here in Milwaukee uh, and a great addition back to the family after, uh, you know, not being in the Bucks family there for about three decades. So uh, hopefully you guys all enjoy that. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast uh, and hopefully you enjoy going from uh, very bad college basketball to NBA basketball. Again, there's there's fun stuff in college. John Morant lighting up Marquette was incredible. Uh, first triple-double since I think Draymond Green had one in 2012 on the men's side of things. Um, so that is uh, – he was impressive. That was fun. There's always drama because it's a single elimination tournament that can be uh, deeply affected by outlier shooting and bad coaching and bad execution because these are not professional athletes. Um, So there can be some bad basketball, but hopefully you guys are having a little bit of fun with that. But also you get to enjoy two good games from the Bucks on Friday and Sunday. So that is going to be it for us for today. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you guys on Monday.